Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Drunk women This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I can make a single tear just fall from my eye almost on demand. Bit wow. of fun. Oh, the fuck day is it? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> oh, a fucking um, au pair. <laughs> Do what you are you sh- clockwise, anti-clockwise? What's your method? You're like, oh my god. <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar helps the governess defraud. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hello! Welcome to yet another edition of Drunk Women Remote Solving Crime. Um, I don't know why I've started it with that voice. <laughs> We're remote. We're remote. The vocal fry. The vocal fry. It's just how I feel. Hi. Hi. I could do it like that. It's Drunk Women. We keep you laughing and learning. We're a podcast. Right. <laughs> Our guest for this episode is a comedian and with shows like Wine Tamer and the Prosecco Express, it was only a matter of time before she became a drunk woman solving crime. Please welcome Joanne McNally. 
Joanne. Clap for myself. Yeah. Oh. You, you should clap for yourself. We believe I in that. I always do. Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> well, there's only one way to kick off this podcast, and it's to ask you, Joanne, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I've been a victim of, like, loads of small crimes, and I've committed small crimes. I'm trying to think, what would be my main crime that I was a victim of? Oh, during lockdown, I ordered a load of sports gear off some, off eBay, and then I was waiting until it arrived to start working out, and in the meantime, I was down about a bottle of red a day, so I was turning into, like, kind of a baby bell. And then (laughs) my head head was all red. I was about two weeks off getting gout. And then I was, I kept saying, I was like, oh, the the gear was taking ages. And I was like, oh, it's grand. It'll get here. It'll get here. And I didn't want to speed it up because I knew once the gear got here, the party was over. (laughs) Then I checked. And of course, I'd been scammed. There was no gear coming. So when I went, I know, it's so sad. When I went on, it's, uh, it serves me right. I don't read small print I don't read reviews like you know one time I turned up to the wrong country for a gig I was gigging in Ireland and in the, the I went to the wrong venue it was a, I was supposed to be gigging in the north of Ireland and I went yeah. to a venue in the Republic oh, like wow. I'm quite chaotic when it comes to that stuff so of course I was going to get scammed on eBay and when I went in to look for the gear I, I saw all the reviews and all the reviews were like this person is a thief. Oh, this, no. This don't, like, this is It was scam. right there. It was right and there. I just went, la, 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 a couple of kettlebells, great, and just ordered away and didn't read anything. <laughs> oh. I know. Oh, and it was about, it was the guts of 200 quid. Whoa. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Shit, that's a lot. I know. Wow. You were really committed. This, I think this is called the baby bell paradox. Where The baby bell paradox? <laughs> you want yeah, my the baby weight. Drive. My baby bell weight. You don't want it to. How is he yeah. still on eBay, though? Like, how is I, that still going? Yes. I don't know. And everyone's like, don't trust this person. And then, so they obviously just shut it down and open it up and wait for fools like me oh um, and you just keep no. uh, with a different name i guess they can't track people this, this whole the, thing that the internet is of the wild west and you can't control it is getting really old they need to be able to do laws on the internet yeah i guess True. it's like so small fry i don't know i, I mean there was so much there was about 50 reviews of people saying this is a scam wow wow but like one guy was like this is a scam and gave it two stars i was like <laughs> Did you? Was that a typo star? <laughs> but you know what? He's ranking the scam. He's like, I was a bit tricked. Two stars. <laughs> yeah, good service wasn't great, but uh, <laughs> the descriptions were very accurate. Should I have been sent anything? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Maybe he started his own little health regime on his own. He's like, actually, that anger gave me motivation to run. <laughs> yeah, he's motivated. There was a positive, positive outcome for him. Yeah. So, <laughs> did you do anything about it? Did you try to report it to I eBay? Didn't. Not at all. No. I don't. I'm not a reporter now, Taylor. I wouldn't be into reporting things. She's not fucking snitch, Taylor. Jesus. Actually, this is how lazy I am. A girl, because I did an Insta story about it, and a girl contacted me who followed me, was like, I work for eBay. Like, I'll sort it out for you. And I was like, thanks, still did nothing about it. (laughs) I I get overwhelmed by things like that, you know? I'm just like, I'll just leave it. It doesn't matter. Just leave it. No, I get it. Who needs the admin? That's what it is. It's admin. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, I am still paying 20 quid a month, I think, to Raya, which is a dating app. 
because I couldn't be arsed. I don't know how to figure out how to cancel it. It's going on three years. I do this, not with wow. the dating app, but like I wait till my card is just like the dates, you know, that the expiry date's gone. I can't be asked to cancel stuff. Oh my, who, what, who the hell, do people actually do that? Do people pre-prepare for a cancelled card? I don't know. They just like, they're like, yeah, we're going to carry on taking the direct debit unless you tell us otherwise. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it next year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be similar. Like, uh, like I go through the amount of bank cards I lose and I just want, I just, uh, I don't know why I just can't pay for things with my eyes. Why can't I just pay for things with my <laughs> eyes? <laughs> that's, the that's the next, that's the next. That is, that is coming. I mean, there's subdermal the just be. <laughs> what if you wink wrong whatever the thing is yeah. oh my god I just bought a greenhouse <laughs> <laughs> so like I guess what's happened like are you still on now like a, a bottle of red wine a night because you can't possibly do exercise no I have to cut care. out the red I've, I've, I've pulled back the drinking significantly okay significantly That's I've got like it was there. getting ludicrous Okay. How did you cut back the drinking? Just asking for a friend. I know. I just stopped putting it in my mouth. But it sounds oh, hard. Like, oh, just I the old-fashioned way. Okay. Yeah. It's like strapped my arms down. I stapled my arms to the bed. Because <laughs> I, I work. Like, I work, my, my job is, um, you know, you guys are comics. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. working in, obviously, I work nights. I work in bars. I'm yeah. dealing with a lot of adrenaline regulation. Yeah. So, my adrenaline is up I want to drink my adrenaline I wanted to bring my adrenaline like whoever yeah. those absolute freak shows you can do a gig and then just go right I'm off to bed like I can't understand <laughs> oh, it horrible yeah. who would they I just, I'll, I'll never be that person yeah no. and then you allow yourself you're like I, I remember like I used to drink before gigs which was always going to end badly and I was getting away with murder for ages <laughs> and then one night I was doing a show in St Albans um, and it was like in a kind of a it's not a, a school hall makes it sound well it actually is it makes it sound a bit Vicar okay. of Dibley-ish it's actually a great gig but it but it is in a school hall so okay. it's one of those places where they treat you like you're the you're the guest the, the organisers okay. rather than you're the clown there to work they're like what do you need what do you need what do you need they're yeah, delighted yeah. you're there and they're like will you have another wine have, have another wine and they kept serving me these little <laughs> little egg cup sized oh yeah the little egg cup size and uh, yeah and they're all it's always a really nice gig and it should have been a piece of piss like it should have just been a yeah. walk in the park and I got up there and I was like what's that what's happening what why is it so quiet <laughs> uh, it was like an out of body experience I was like I'm saying the words <laughs> Why is no one laughing? And then I was like, oh, right, I'm pissed. So that was the last time. Then I never drink before gigs now. Huh. I have to learn the lesson. The lesson was coming in the past. So, Katie, yeah. we just need to book yeah. you at a school gig. Employ <laughs> <laughs> you with alcohol. Why aren't these grateful parents enjoying me? <laughs> exactly. Why are these 300 people just staring at me with crooked heads? Um, yes, yeah, so that was the end of that. But it was a good lesson, now, to be fair. It was a good yeah. lesson. All right, I need a short, sharp shock. <laughs> And it's a slippery slope. It's so delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so delicious. Just that as a soundbite with your beautiful accent, like that. Oh, that's just made my night. It's a slippery slope. It's so delicious. Okay. So delicious. We always ask if you could say anything you wanted to the perpetrator. So you've got Sporty McSports face from eBay in front of you, no consequences. What would you say? I hope you never get an ab. <laughs> nice. 
That is absolutely fair. I love that. I love the idea. Do you just get them like one at a time? With <laughs> yeah, they just pop <laughs> out. Yeah. One pack. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You then you Instagram it and then the next day you have a, you have a dinner and it's gone then the next day. Oh, I love that. Like Lego bricks. They just appear. I know Pop. that if I ever committed, I would have like three. I would have an odd number and it would look fucked up. It would never be even... <laughs> I wonder actually I think they start I do think they start at the top like I do think oh. you kind of work it down I mean they look do. I, I, I don't know what I have no idea well that's I've where not you got far enough yeah to know. no it's easier <laughs> to not have fat ribs than a fat stomach I have noticed that with myself easier to not have hold on I need to break that down easier to not have fat ribs yeah like the fat grows yes. I have fat ribs but it took a mm. long time to get here I really had to work hard okay <laughs> Guys. But if you've got fat ribs, if you just kind of took the, if you just kind of took the middle end through each one, you'd kind of look like abs, wouldn't you? <laughs> I am tempted. I am. T- I'm pretty handy with thread. I feel like I could work something out. There you go. Right. Stitch them in. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Katie and Hannah, I don't know if you've noticed. Like we've been doing this almost two years. It'll be our two-year anniversary in January. I mean September. The fuck day is it? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> It's so but September isn't for another six months. It's a, right, it's a slippery slope. I'm. It's so delicious. There you go. Mm. Mm. So delicious. Have you noticed that you are drawn towards certain cases? Like I definitely have a pattern of my cases. I don't know if you've ever like gone. Oh, what's your what's your pattern? Well, it's female con artists. I've brought yet another oh. one to the table. So I'm not going to ask you, was this a man or a woman? And what did she do? Like, I'm just putting it out there. I'm in love with them. I'm in love with them. I totally thought you were going to say female. When you paused there, I thought you were going to say mutilation. And I was like, dark. <laughs> oh. I'm so no. drawn to female yeah. mutilation. I was like, me too. Our case involves a woman called Amy Bach, who is described as New Zealand's most celebrated confidence trickster. Also, every time I see that expression, my brain thinks it's somebody who's pretending to be confident. I'm like, oh, that's me. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Amy was also described in her lifetime as a thief, a grifter, an impersonator, a kleptomaniac. She's every woman. It's all in her. <laughs> now, I'm going to kick us off with a spoiler of a question and ask, what do you think Amy's best known con was? What did she do? What did she pretend to be? What did she do? Do we do we buzz in? Buzz in <laughs> by, <laughs> by talking. Shout and talk over each other and then apologise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's pretending to be rich. Usually tricksters pretend to be rich ah. so that they they think money attracts money is yes. usually the vibe. So they kind of you know they pretend to be rich. I do it in London yeah. sometimes, and then they're they're rich people are attracted to them, and then they steal their pocket watch and stuff. Very yeah, very yeah, yeah. good, very good. Speculate to accumulate and all that. Exactly. Good answer. Um, we don't know what year this is yet, do we? We don't know anything. No. So we don't know what women are allowed to do. Mm-mm. So she trickster might have... to me says it's like twenties, thirties, forties. Yeah. Okay. So there might. So she might be allowed a bank account. There might, but there might be limits. So what has to be? So she probably has to do something that they trust women to do, which mm. is either 
Making potions, having <laughs> sex. And this oh. is actually like a timeline of womanhood, isn't it? It's like potions. <laughs> yeah. And then we were allowed to have sex 500 years later, sort of. Um, or like being a midwife. Although in the olden days, that could get you burned as a witch. I'm going to go with she was... Okay, Hannah, you go. <laughs> I think maybe she was very much the John Coleshaw of her day. You said impressionist or that she was, she did impressions and stuff, ah, right? Okay. So I'm thinking maybe she's like, it's kind of what Joanne said in the sense that she's, yeah, impersonating rich people, but maybe right. specific rich people. If we have phones at that point, maybe she's on the phone doing a voice saying like, oh, it's me, the Queen of New ah, Zealand. Ah, right, right, right. That's nice. Okay, I'm just going to go with fortune teller. Okay, do you know what? You were all technically right until Fortune Teller. <laughs> because it's a good job you didn't spend ages trying to come up with that, Kate. I know. <laughs> Quick, just gut response. The longest time to get the worst answer. Well, I mean, all of these things are true, and we will find out more about this uh, well-known con at the end, but she posed as a man. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> oh, nice. But Joanne, a wealthy man. A wealthy man. Hey. So there we go. And Katie had to pose as somebody with a respectable job. So all that was true, and that is true of her life. And Hannah, I forgot what you said, but it was right. So, yeah. It was impersonations. <laughs> impersonations, was right. of course. Yes, she was a great impersonator. So we'll start from the beginning and just get a little bit of background on Amy. Amy Modbach was born in Tasmania. Um, I don't know what people from Tasmania... Are they called Tasmaniacs? That would be amazing. <laughs> I wish. I have a feeling they're not. So she Tassies. was not Kiwi-born, just to point that out. Because I just picture all the, like, the Kiwis are like, the Aussies are taking all of our crime jobs. I don't know. It's probably <laughs> tense back then. Her father was an artist and photographer. Her mother died in a lunatic asylum. Uh, just standard for the time, really. Um, so now, what year do you think Amy was born? Born. Born. When, yeah. What, did her father, what happened to her father again? Father's alive. He's an artist and photographer. Is alive still? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so photography, I mean, I guess that means that it's got to be mm. at the advent of photography. So we're talking probably 20th century, sort of like late 19th century, perhaps. Ah, um, really? Well, with the, with the pictures, like I, sometimes when we do these cases as well, I always look people up and I'm like, holy shit, there's a photograph of these people. Yeah. So like photography, like it's amazing how far back it, it, it goes from. So I think it might Ooh. be like 1875, maybe, Ooh. is when she was born. Okay. I love how you used the clues. Photography. Da, da, da. It's great. Yeah. Right, Joanne, what are you thinking? You had a you had a feeling that stuff was happening in twenties, thirties, forties. So yeah, so that mm. if the, so that would mean I, that she and everyone died at thirty. So I would say that she <laughs> is. Much. And if there's a lunatic asylum involved, that there's a bang of like twenties off that. Mm. Was he taking pictures at the asylum? Because that feels wrong. No, okay. that feels right. That feels right. <laughs> I'm going to say she was born in 1892. Ooh, you guys are very close, both of you. Well, I'm going to ignore that and go 1910. Okay. <laughs> it was 1859, the year she was born. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So her mother had shown signs of mental illness throughout her life, although that's always, always a questionable fact from this era because being a woman was a mental illness yeah. so it's tricky and yeah the definition is sketchy it was but mm. it sounds like she was clearly exhibiting signs of kleptomania we're all familiar with kleptomania 
Yeah. Um, and she died while she was institutionalized in 1875. So Amy was just about 16 years old. Meanwhile, Amy's father, the artist and photographer, encouraged Amy to do something as a hobby that he thought would suit her. What do you think her father told her to do? Acting? Photo but he's Ooh, a photographer. Spot on. Acting. Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Apparent in, apparent in the arts. Love it. Yes. Very progressive. Very good. You guys are on fire tonight. Love this. Um, yeah. She was encouraged to pursue amateur dramatics, and some historians think that that helped her start deceiving people. I think that's given a little too much credit to amateur dramatics. Same. I mean, they're not... <laughs> They're not churning out fucking Tilda Swinton at the community <laughs> theater, right? Like she's she probably was obviously a raw talent. She was a raw but, talent. Yeah, and also in those days, it wasn't so underfunded for working class kids. Ah, true. Yeah. True, true, true. Um, so Amy's father remarries. That's why they moved to New Zealand. Amy comes along, and this is when her career of crime just blossoms. So... Um, she needed a real job as her cover, as Katie had pointed out. This is usually what we see with con artists. What does a nice young woman do for work in New Zealand during this time, do you think? Is the job specific to New Zealand? We're in the late 1800s now, so I don't have an exact year that they moved. it's a job but... that's respectable, because really no jobs. Oh, oh, a fucking um, au pair. <laughs> Fucking au pair. She was a fucking au pair. You guys are uh, so Oh my goodness. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Joanne, we're usually never right. Like, this doesn't happen. So, you've bought. This is going to be the most boring episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually oh given God. all the details to the panelists ahead of time for a very straight case. Um, yeah, she. I'm not the week. She was a governess. <laughs> she was a governess. She went all Mary Poppins, except she stole from her employer, which arguably would have made a much better film. Um, <laughs> you know I'm going to have to sing this now. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the governess defraud. The governess defraud. <laughs> she said the governess go down, and I was like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. there's probably truth in that. You go, governess. Is that what you Unless meant? Unless you don't want to, in which case that's different story. Maybe that's what you meant by fucking au pair, and I didn't <laughs> take uh -oh. that right. <laughs> You say so, Mary Poppins didn't st steal, but all that stuff in her handbags, remember the light and everything? What is Actually, yes. Where did all that come from? Such yeah. a good question. She would be on eBay if she existed, <laughs> if she were real and lived She'd today. Her Depop account with like all her outfits yeah. and everything. Oh my God. Yeah, do you want a hat stand? It's definitely not a trick. <laughs> That's so funny. She wasn't like bringing that stuff into the house. She was just elaborately stealing it. That's the best take on Mary Poppins I've ever heard. <laughs> it really you know, is. When you're looking for it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> so this is the first time she finds herself in court. She's in front of a judge. How do you think Amy behaves from the little we know of her? What is she like in court? I would say she pretends to be quite meek, uh, quite vulnerable, because she's still she's still not um, pretending to be a man yet, so she's okay. if she's oh, if, she, yeah. if she's if she's going to turn impersonating men, it means that she is going to. She obviously thinks that men get away with more because of their alpha vibes. So yeah. she goes, "I'm a little woman." That's her vibe, I would say. Good thinking. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any advance on that, guys? She plays. So, oh, but she pretends she's insane. <laughs> no, that will end in the asylum, though. Your, oh yeah, yeah they right. could they could send her to the asylum. Yeah, she's Sorry, gotta yeah. be just like, oh, I didn't realize that was stealing. I love Jesus or something. Yeah, 
<laughs> I've got my period. <laughs> no, that's the devil's it's curse. The moon, she can't it's the say moon. that. <laughs> I love how the loopholes changed over the years. It's like, wait, what's the loophole this year? It's no, not blood. Don't talk about blood. Uh, well, you're pretty much spot on. There's there's a sense of meekness, but even more like the Amdram comes out. She Ooh. she's meek and she go, uh, she's just crying and she throws herself on the floor. And this becomes the pattern for her life for the next couple oh. decades. Like she just falls apart in front of judges and juries. And she always, wow. always tells the judge or the jury about her mom. And how she was in an asylum and she had kleptomania. So she basically says, my mom did this. Take pity on me. Oh. So Katie, she kind of did. She kind of said, like, oh, I've come from this. Did that help her stay out of, of out of jail? I think so. Just because she's had, she, she goes on and does some more, like, impressive stuff, doesn't mm. she? So, she, so she, she must get back out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she does get back out. Yeah. She or she goes to prison and kind of learns more tricks in mm. there Ooh. yeah maybe yeah. she like ups her game in prison yeah hones her skills joanne you're so on fire she does go to jail she goes to jail a shitload she spends more than 16 years of her life in total in jail wow. so but she never stops doing this um i coined a little phrase she's the am damsel in distress Yay. she never Whoa, stops come on <laughs> she never stops this even though it's not really helping her so I guess there's a question of how much of it was acting and how much of it was in earnest, you know? Yeah. Um, she is telling the truth about her life, yeah. but with a lot she, of feeling. Once more with feeling. Any actor who can cry on the spot, though, that's incredibly <sighs> impressive. Like, it my is. God. Don't you hate yeah. the... Can you spot the films where, like, the glycerin drops came out? I can't stand it. Like, the thick tear. They've got to get better at this. It comes out of a different part of the eye, doesn't it? Yeah, wrong part <laughs> of the eye. Real, real tears come out of the near your nose and then glycerin when ones come out of the edges. Yeah, you have to tell your Oh my your God, head. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> we call Katie the professor. Yeah, you forensic <laughs> film watcher. I'd be, if I ever got an acting job like that now, I'd be a glistener girl. <laughs> that sounds like something horrible. <laughs> I don't know what it, yeah. what it is, but glistener I can do this thing where I can, I can make a single tear just fall from my eye almost on demand, which is a bit wow. of fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hard. Can you work and that up and do it and we'll take a screenshot? What's your, what's your trauma, traumatic trigger that you make yourself think? <laughs> Yeah, it's very Stanislavskian. I'm thinking about my mother in the lunatic asylum, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to do it now because I can feel it. I can feel it happen. Go go back to something, and I'll see if I can uh, muster one. Right. Is it I'm always the left eye? Jealous. You're pointing right. to While your left. While she's reenacting Sinead O'Connor, I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, that I think um, maybe this whole thing was very therapeutic for the Am Dramsel in Distress because, you know, actually talking about real things that happened to her, her mum going into asylum and yeah. actually being able to, like, say her emotions actually might have been really nice and maybe mm. the, the court was the only safe place she could... Like, I don't know, but, like, maybe there's an element of maybe that was actually good for her like or she wanted to get that off her chest and Hannah, she had to keep going back if, to prison Hannah if that single tear doesn't fall now it never will <laughs> come on no, it's not happening it's not don't oh, worry don't worry God. one she's day dead one day inside. she's too happy <laughs> she's dead inside drunk women solving crime 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But like, I think maybe mm. is there like a theater program at the prison? I mean, I'm not sure about 19th century prisons that there would be, but I quite like the idea that she's, um, she keeps going back to prison because she wants to sort of like bring the show back and the show must go on. And she's about to be like, you can imagine her getting released the day before the opening night of her show and like doing something terrible to have to go back into prison. Well, here's she probably the thing. liked prison. She probably like just thought it was like her home. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is this is jumping ahead slightly and I'm just sort of condensing. I don't need to say what I'm doing. Don't say what you're <laughs> doing, Taylor. Just do it. She did like prison because everyone loved her there. She was a charm. She made friends. Uh She conned a couple of um, guards. They weren't even called guards back then. Superintendents so well that they're like, we're going to make you a teacher. It was literally like Shawshank Redemption. They're like, we're going to set you up in the library and you can be a teacher. And she spent the whole time just trying to come up with a plan to break out. Like she didn't teach anybody. It was great. She's like, you sit there quiet while I draw the map. There's a great line in Arrested Development when the dad goes to prison and he's sort of like kind of enjoying it and his son says, but you're doing time. And he says, I'm doing the time of my life. And it just sounds a bit like, yeah. so was she. Yeah, um, I'm sure it wasn't all great. If you're struggling to have any sign of, kind of position in the outside world and you feel like you've no kudos in the outside yeah. world, and then you have this place where you've all this kudos and people admire you and look up to you, why wouldn't you want to be there? That's essentially yeah. what this podcast is for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're doing the time of your life, Hannah. (laughs) Guess what I... (laughs) So she takes on a string of jobs. So she moves from town to town so people don't recognize her. And she does the jobs you'd expect for the most part. Housekeeper, cook. She does do a little bit of music instruction at one point. She was great at that. She's a governess again because she's got all those great references from before. Um, (laughs) But yeah, her cons always involve an alias. But this cracked me up. Um, so question, out of her known aliases, how many of them were still called Amy, her real name? <laughs> oh, God. And don't fuck up this game, because this happens all the time. Like, how many? And somebody's like, 200,000. She only had about 10 known aliases. So how many yeah. out of those were okay. Amy? <laughs> I guess it's like a password, isn't it? You just kind of keep... Yeah. changing little bits and bobs so that it feels like something is part you're you're somewhere in us that's such yeah. a good way of putting it yes yeah. so she was like amy 73 in some places and yeah <laughs> amy 2020 in others. yeah amy <laughs> underscore cutesy fairy <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> She's like, well, Amy 1859 was taken. <laughs> Nobody else was born then and had the internet. Uh, but that's, that's a, that is a good point you make, Joanne, because it's like, it is that thing I heard this once about lying and about if you're going to tell a lie, make it as close to the truth uh-huh. as possible. So that's just a little, a little thing for all our listeners. Um, yeah. If you want to tell a good lie, yeah, try and make it as close to the truth as possible. Because, yeah, if somebody's going to shout your name and it's not your name, you might not look round, mm. you know, like yeah. in films when they're like, oh, thank you, Bill. And then he looks round and that's his old name. Yes, I, yeah, I yeah, could yeah. never get used to another name. I would be horrible at this part of it. I was with her on this. How many, how many Amy's out of 10, though? I want your, your Amy's out of 10. I'd say all of them had an element of Amy. Wow. I'd say six to eight. Okay. Yeah, I'd say eight. God damn it, I'm going to stop asking this question. It was five, okay? It was five. It was half of them. (laughs) Yeah, but we had Amy Morton, Amy Lang, Amy Brunel, Amy Chanel, and Amy Cameron. And then what were the other ones then? But I thought she was impersonating a man. Not yet. Oh, and this okay. is interesting to pay attention to because there's no there's no indication that she had ever done any cross dressing. She hadn't um, tried to pose as a man before. So when this happens, it's a real U turn because she's playing women and she's generally taking on like women's roles. I love that yeah. she tries to like um, dress as a man for a job as like a governess, and then she's like the first manny, and she's actually made it a whole lot harder for herself. <laughs> I know. Would they? I don't. Would they have hired nannies or mannies back then? Oh, that that sounds like it would not be a thing. No, no. Women's jobs are women's women's. Jobs. <laughs> I'm just, I don't think co- you had any male nurses or anything. I'd say that was very rare. Yeah, and it yeah, would probably. cost more if they did. <laughs> yeah. No, and I suppose like even if you're a housekeeper, that was usually a woman, and then the man got to be the butler. Like it was a slightly yeah. different title wasn't it so i was going to ask do you think she was good at her cons which is kind of a loaded question because we've already chatted a little bit about the outcomes but was she good at conning people i'm kind of curious to know what the con was like what was the con so her cons were all small time things and i think this is important because if she maybe fell under this umbrella of kleptomania, the definition is that you're stealing things that you don't need and which are of little value. And most of her cons were for the thrill of it. There are eyewitnesses that said she had an odd excitement about her when she'd steal, but it was rarely anything of value. It was little bits of money. It was more that process and whether it was therapeutic, as Katie says, or more of a like, ooh, I'm really getting getting off on this we don't really Mm. know but it definitely wasn't for she didn't accumulate wealth she's moving from place to place making ends meet stealing combs so they weren't very exciting cons it was more about it was the process for her she was a method actor i guess but was part of it getting caught so maybe she was bad at it but was she very good at it because actually she wanted to be caught well hannah george this is spot on because i feel like that's the takeaway from these facts, because she seems smart enough that if she didn't want to get caught, she definitely could have avoided it. Um, this, yeah. this is a quote from the Encyclopedia of New Zealand, which sounds fake now that I say it out loud, um, <laughs> but it's a thing. Um, she would act the part of concerned friend, dutiful sister, or distressed gentlewoman so convincingly that usually she got the cash, whereupon she would disappear while making little attempt to conceal her tracks. Um, In court, within a week or two, she would weep, ask God to forgive her and the magistrate to be merciful, tell the story of her kleptomaniac mother, and receive her sentence. 
So this was the pattern for decades. So she's great at the con, but almost seems to want to get caught. So let's get on to her best known con. After decades of having these female aliases, a good 50% of which were Amy's, at the age of 49, Amy takes on her most daring persona yet, Mr. Percival Leonard Carroll Redwood. <laughs> wow, what a guy. She's evolved past any Amy. There's no Amy's in that name. No Amy's in sight, although there is a Carol, which I thought was curious. I feel like she was sort of like dangling a clue for anyone who would pay attention. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so this is her big role. This is Tilda Swinton in Trainwreck. This is huge. This is huge. Um, what did Percy say he did for a living? Oh, well, you said a rich man, didn't you? I did. So, oh, back in the days, what would would he be a um, maybe doctor. he doctor? What would make money? Doctor, mm. kind of. No, yes. an academic wouldn't make money. Merchant, mm. a, a landowner. Mm. Uh, that's a thing isn't it like you can just be a landowner that's yeah. my job yeah you inherit in those days like you could inherit massive money factory owner would be another one. Oh yes yeah yeah maybe he yes yeah yeah like he imports leather yeah yeah or, or could he be like could he like own the prisons or something or he runs a prison because she knows so much about prisons again it's keeping close to the lie so yeah yeah could be that well, the answer, well, there's two parts of it. <laughs> the first one is just, oh, so New Zealand. He said that he was a sheep farmer. Because no okay. one's going to question you on that. Like, okay, yeah. that's what we do. But he said that he came upon his fortune because his, he was the son of an archbishop um, who was dead and said that his mother lived quite far away, uh, but he had come into a big inheritance, so he had all these stories to tell everyone. But So you picture Percy sort of swooping into this town, um, and there are really amazing photographs of Amy as, as Percy. Um, so she would wear this really heavy wool coat, like it's almost like the Talking Heads video from back in the day, like the huge, huge shoulders. Obviously she cut her hair very short and she had this scowl on her face and she started smoking a pipe. It was like, how to be a man, 101. It was great, mm -hmm. like beautiful photographs of this. Um, what do you think people thought of Percy. Well, you'd have to be super unlucky to bump into another sheep farmer and be uncovered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that idea, though. Like, they're in a pub, and he starts asking really specific yeah. sheep questions. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, well, my uncle's a sheep farmer. What do you think about this length of wool? Yeah. I just cut him with scissors. What? <laughs> do what you, you share clockwise, anti-clockwise? What's your method? You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd say they had a lot of respect for him because people have yeah. a lot of respect for, like, priesthood. And if you're the, the yes. son of an archbishop, that's going to get you a lot of kudos. Yes, it's very noble. Very noble. It's a noble way to come about your wealth, and it's a noble mm. job to be a sheep farmer yeah. in New Zealand. So, yeah. This isn't her first her first con. She's worked her way up to this. She, she knows what she's doing. They loved Percy. Percy comes into town, makes his excuses for why he needs to stay, and he stays in a, in a nice boarding house. Um, 
So he made friends wherever he went. And he was also described, I'm just saying he, because, you know, it makes more sense in this context. Sure. Yeah. He was described as very generous. And that was mostly because he was spending money that wasn't his. So this <laughs> whole time, he's kind of like stealing. And by this time, he's kind of getting more savvy with more elaborate kinds of fraud with banks and insurance fraud. So he has more pockets of money he can spend, and he's definitely showing that off. Because he's a man now. He can get stuff. Mm. This is And people it. are curious about why he's so wealthy now. Yes. Yeah. People aren't, hey, you're not allowed in libraries. Get out of here. They're like, yeah. oh, right this way, sir. It's mm. just kind of the most obvious way to not be questioned um yeah mm -hmm. also like when she finally goes to court and she cries as a man everyone's gonna be like oh that's so horrible to watch <laughs> we all oh, just get out you're, you're free to go yeah <laughs> or they'll be really turned on and be like it's so nice to find a man who's in touch with <laughs> and that's when new zealand oh, she gets changed. a lot yeah she gets a lot of percy gets a lot of pussy i think either <laughs> gonna get beaten up or a lot of pussy <laughs> Well, that's a very good question and one that historians have tried to dig into, but there's only so much information. Um, but we'll get to that bit. This is such a weird little anecdote, but to, to illustrate Percy's generosity, this woman in town mentioned that she liked apples in front of Percy, and the next day he sent her a whole box of apples. Oh, everyone's hot for Percy. I bet she was like, I wish I said I liked fucking gold. I know. Like, fuck's sake, why did I say apples in front of Percy? I know, or I was like, what a boring time that, it, like, apples are the most interesting thing you can think to say to this dude, this new dude. I like apples. It's a seduction <laughs> technique, though. It's like, hold on, who sent, who sent, did someone send the apples to Percy or Percy sent the apples to somebody? Percy sent the apples to this woman who just mentioned that she liked apples, oh, and he was I, like, I I He's shown off now. He's shown off yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's whining Wait. and dining them. He's getting people on side. He's making what? himself popular. Yeah. Why is Percy on the prowl? Because <laughs> Percy knows. <laughs> Percy's like, I've got the inside. He's, Percy's like those people who are kind of conspiracy theorists. Percy thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Okay. And he's like, I own this town now. He's like the puppet master. Exactly. Okay. He's like these fools who believe my con. Okay. Yeah. Apples for everyone. He's, yeah. He's exactly. really enjoying the power. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's got a lot of power. He's loved. And he's allowed to be very eccentric. That's the other thing, because by all but accounts... The freedom she must have felt being Percy. I'm fascinated by this. I know. I, I am too. I was really... It was so funny, because I was like, oh, what country have we not done yet? And I was like, oh, I don't, th I don't think we've done this New Zealand crime. Maybe I can't remember. And there were just some brutally dark cases. I'm like, okay, I might do one of these. And I was like, ooh, Amy. I want the Amy <laughs> one. It's just, yeah, it's really fascinating, um, sort of what she was getting out of this. So she... Not just apples, but she would do weird things like she, she bought people parakeets. I don't know if that was a thing. <laughs> wow. I love in these cases, like, it's always, the gifts are always so weird. Like, we've had a gold singing toilet and somebody who bought someone pianos. And, like, now we have parakeets. But also, like, apples and parakeets are quite far apart. Like, mm -hmm. this is quite an interesting journey she's on. Really? Because I, I feel know. like if I got a parakeet next to apples, I'd be like, yeah, that goes together. That feels really? like, yeah, that feels like the same weird family of, like, eccentric gifts. That would be in a catalogue. Like, parrots, or I don't know about parakeets, parrots live for, like, 80 years. An apple mm. you eat that second. 
like <laughs> Santa. She's turning into Santa. She's just like yeah. delivering people. But also like in... <laughs> I don't know a lot about the sort of like the nature of New Zealand, but like do parrots and stuff, do they just fly around New Zealand? Like, is that a place where they can, I mean, has he just like captured a parakeet? Did he just like grab it from the air and be like, this is for you? Oh, possibly. Because like, that's the thing, like oh, yeah. they could yeah. be indigenous. I don't know though. I don't know a lot. Yeah, My they, parrot could, stuff they could be is... cheap or expensive. I just had to put it in there because I was like, that's just the weirdest little gift and way to flaunt your It's also wealth. If wealth. It... Okay, it feels like Percy's trying to buy love. Oh, Katie. I really think you have your finger on the pulse of this case. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I felt a real... There's a real vulnerability here, so you can't help but sort of go on the journey. But see if you stay with her, because here's what happens next. Um, no, it's, it's nothing dark. But Percy is staying at a boarding house run by um, a family called the Ottaways. So they're a very nice, well-to-do family. What happens next? I'll just throw it out vaguely. What do you think happens? They get, they get robbed by they Percy. They discover her. Do okay. they, just, do they oh, discover? Oh, they accidentally walk in on the bathroom. It's the Mrs. Doubtfire moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She gets she gets Mrs. Doubtfired. Well, not yet. Something very big happens, which is why this case is so well known there. The Ottaways had a 32-year-old unmarried daughter called Agnes. Um, a relationship blossomed between Percy and Agnes. And soon they arranged their wedding at a place called Nugget Point. <laughs> Nugget wow. Point. Yeah. Okay. I'd get married at Chicken Nugget Point. But... Ch- chicken Cottage. So, yeah. Chicken Cottage. <laughs> the Chicken Cottage wedding we've always wanted. And it was a huge wedding. Like, they had ten bridesmaids. Oh, they get married. They get married. But this uh-huh. is the danger of the... Unless, unless Angus was in on it. Or Agnes. Yeah. Do we know? Because back in those days, you could marry someone that you kind of had no physical contact with, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. If anything, that's that was the preferred method, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, they. As far as we know, they definitely did not have a sexual relationship before the wedding night, and I will tell you what happened. But um, this is the big question. Like historians have sort of questioned, like, was Amy a lesbian? Did they have a legit relationship? But most accounts think that Agnes really fell for it. And I, I think the other piece in this, I mean, they didn't mention this, but in that era, like 32 is pretty old for your daughter to not be married, right? So I feel yeah. like the Ottaways loved Percy. They knew he had money and he wore giant coats. So he's a manly man. And they're like, Agnes, like I sort of picture this, like Agnes, I feel like- My house must- was just full of parrots but and <laughs> apples. Also, the thing is as well, possibly if, Agnes isn't married at 32 in this era. She could well be gay and she could have has, been. you know, been cunningly avoiding it because she doesn't want that D. Yeah. Yeah. What a thing to land in your lap as well. That would be great. Kind of <laughs> like, know. You know, just be like, oh, so this, this, right, Beard. okay. Yes, this nice. Beard just walks into your house. How convenient <laughs> for both of them. And yeah. the other thing I don't know, I mean, this is becoming my repeat comment on everything, but I don't know if they've ever made like a series out of this or a film. Yeah. Like it's yet another thing I want to see on screen. But here's here's what happened. So yes, they go through with the wedding. Big reception. They even said the type of champagne, which I didn't write down, but I loved the detail. Um, (laughs) What excuse... So Percy doesn't have any family attend. What excuse does Percy give for his wealthy mother not attending the wedding? 
She's an invalid. She's sick. She's in an asylum. Oh. Like I think back in those days, you could easily get people didn't travel as much. You could easily get away with people not being at a wedding. Yeah, very, very, very good point. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and also New Zealand is far away. <laughs> Well, it's big. Yeah, I think yeah, that is. It's keep keeping it close to the truth, and the truth was that her mum was in an asylum and stuff like that. So mm. maybe that's for it. So if anyone was like, "Oh, which asylum?" She could immediately be like, "This one. What? What she got? She's got this. Who was her doctor? This guy. You know, like that. That yeah. makes sense to me. That um, yeah. she would just sort of say what Amy's situation was. Yeah. Well, I get maybe for Amy because she had veered so far into this con and it was so far out of her comfort zone she thought I'm really going to make up some more stuff so Amy forges a letter from this fictitious mother and shows it to the family um, and this mother says she's terribly sorry to not to at- not to attend but her daughter was getting married on the same day <laughs> that was a terrible wow. excuse but it's yeah, also factually correct Huh? Wait, oh, what? her sister was getting married on the same day. Well, it said my daughter is getting married on the same day. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Smart move, Percy. Do you know what? I only thought of that now. I just wrote it down. I'm like, wait a minute. It was correct. I thought that that's interesting. But even in the old days, like, couldn't you communicate about your wedding date? Like, did that happen? God damn it. August 4th. I mean, really, Phil? <laughs> this is the sitcom version and this is when the Vicar of Dibley has to have all those Christmas dinners on one day. <laughs> so, at the end of the letter, uh, the mother promised to send a load of money uh, just reminding them that, you know, Percy is, after all, the son of an archbishop and she's yeah, very don't well Don't worry, we're loaded. She's going to take care of Agnes, so don't worry. So, the wedding night, that's what we all want to know about. So, yes, there are slightly different accounts but what we do know is that Percy and Agnes did not sleep together, as far as we know, anyway. One source says that Percy made his excuses and said that he was unwell, but another said that the family were starting to get suspicious at this point, so forbid them from sharing the same bedroom. But what we know for sure... After they were married, though. After they were married, yeah. Well, you'll see that a few of the family members have been suspicious all along, but... The wedding Um, managed to go ahead and there's people in the background going, hmm, not sure about this one. So what we know is that Percy slept in another room with a bunch of other guys and he was just like, okay, ready for bed. And he (laughs) had his PJs and he just put them on over his wedding clothes, just put them on over his clothes. (laughs) So he didn't have have to get undressed. See, in those days, people were so polite. And, like, it's the same now. You wouldn't really say anything. you just, like, kind of let them out, wouldn't you? Plus, yeah. I would say, the marriage for the for Agnes, she was probably like, it's a marriage, it's a business arrangement. Like, I need mm. to move out. I need someone with money who's going to look after me. She's yeah. probably not going, oh, I'm dying to rip the pants off Percy. It was probably something else for her. Yeah, if rip his yeah. pyjamas off first and then his pants. Just like, this yeah. is something I have to put up with. I'd love it if he got, like, really incensed. Like, what? What do you guys do? Ooh, are you naked under there? That's gross. <laughs> He's, He's a like... sheep farmer. He's used to being in the elements. He needs to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, to, layers. To, layers. To make another Arrested Development... <laughs> reference he's a never nude yes. he's a never nude uh, he is a never nude um, oh my god 
But I've this... definitely done that when I've come home drunk, though, right? I mean, we've all done that. Like, I've woken up and been like, why do I have... I've had, like, half, like, pyjama bottoms on and still, like, a top and bra on. Do you know what and I... That's like... I had just remembered... Sorry to cut you off. I'm very sorry. I just remembered this because I've been with my husband for a long time now, like 16 years. And I remembered that at the beginning of our relationship, he, he has, like, lots of night terrors and stuff. Um, so he'll talk in his sleep all the time. But he used to have this thing where he'd wake up and if we were both naked in bed, he'd go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about this. And he'd get out of bed and sometimes he'd like put jeans on and he'd wake up like in jeans, but no pants. And he's like, what? Why do I have jeans on? I'm like, you did that oh thing God. again. You did oh the Puritan God. man thing again. Night sh chivalry. Shiver he's like a chivalrous yeah. knight. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, like what a great sweet. litmus test for if he's a good guy or not yeah <laughs> the night terrors get the night terrors yeah i'm it'll be interesting to listen back to this and be like do i want to keep that in but you guys keep that <laughs> so no callbacks just in case no <laughs> i'm gonna do so many callbacks so we cannot take it out so this almost brings us to the end of the case but oh some of the ottaways were suspicious all along and they had already reported Percy to the police. They said, we don't think this guy's who we think they are. So they had acted on a tip off just days before the wedding, but not in time to get this information. So, I mean, this all turns so film noir. A detective called Hunt shows up at the door. Percy answers the door. What do you think Detective Hunt says to Percy? Show me your penis. <laughs> oh. Why have you got your pajamas on over your suit? <laughs> Show me your birth cert. Do they have birth certs then? They would have. Oh, that's better. Yeah, they start with have. IDs. Yeah. <laughs> Move these apples. I can't get in. Well, if this is true, and I don't think we should doubt the Encyclopedia of New Zealand, this is one of the most amazing film-type lines ever. Detective Hunt got in Percy's face and said... The game's up, Amy. Oh, that's great. Oh, that is good. How did he know it was Amy? They had done enough research and it's traced back. She had been in so many prisons over New Zealand. I'm guessing that one of them probably said, like, kind of seems like a woman, so you might want to look into that, you know. So it didn't take very oh. long to... Tick also, it is it a crime to impersonate a... Uh, was it a crime to impersonate a man? Oh, it probably was. It was a crime to impersonate a man, but also the wedding was illegal. Um, so the wedding, oh. the wedding is annulled. Um, you can just imagine how the, this is for Agnes if she took all this yeah. seriously. This is a bad day for Agnes. She's sentenced to hard labor, and she's in and out of jail for the most of the rest of her life. She never plays a man again. And she sticks. Oh, she only did the one man. She only did the one man. She sticks to really low key con jobs and she takes little breaks from conning and then sort of like goes clean for a while. But she lived to a, a ripe old age. She died peacefully at home in 1943. So, huh. if you want to do like the her. maths. Yeah. She's in her 90s, is she? That's 90s, right? For who. <laughs> She was born in 1856. 1859. Oh, no, she's 87 ish. 
Wow, but that's amazing for like the 40s. It is like, sexy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So conine is good for you. But I have a footnote to this case, just a small footnote. It's that if Amy had lived in Europe at this time, at this very time, if she had posed as a man, there might have been far worse consequences for her because there oh. was an influ influential sex psychologist called Richard von Kraft Ebbing who wrote a book called uh, Psychopathia Sexualis. So you can kind of picture what kind of guy he was. This oh, is, a, yeah. I'm fascinated by this stuff, but like this book. He's in, a modern witch hunter. He was a modern witch hunter, but he introduced so many words to the English language, including sadist, masochist, homosexuality. He was the first one to use that phrase, necrophilia, analingus, or as I call it, a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> but he basically set out this diagnosis for working class women who were trying to get out of their quote unquote female responsibilities by acting oh. more like men. Wow. He would slap diagnoses on them and they would get chucked in asylums. So she almost wow. certainly wow. would have had the same fate as her mother. Um, Jesus. If she had been it was another so place, so easy to put them. It was so easy to put women into asylums. Like, yeah, yeah. All it took was one person to be like, she needs, and that was it. She were gone, mm. and then to get yeah. out was impossible. It was so yeah. hard to get out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a really funny, funny little fact because even even back then, yeah, she would have been diagnosed as sexually confused and all of this stuff. But in New Zealand, she's just kind of regarded as an eccentric. So even back then, New Zealand was a little bit fucking cooler. So here's to New Zealand. Yeah. And Amy Maud Bach. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Yeah, I like her. Drunk women solving crime. We have a few minutes left to uh, solve a case from a listener. Now, this has come from Anonymous, which we've never Ooh. had. I assume it's an anonymous person and not the organization, but I either one. <laughs> um, hi, drunk women. I've got a crime for you to solve. About 15 years ago, I was with my partner at the time in their car. We parked up, went for a walk, but when we came back to the car, we both stopped and looked at each other in shock. The car was on the opposite side of the road, facing the other direction. Nothing was stolen, and there was no indication anyone had broken in. Both of us were so sure that we had left it on the other side of the road and realized that independently of each other. What do you think happened? Love the podcast. Thanks, Anonymous. Did they come back the wrong way? Like, as in, did they... <laughs> yeah. yeah, are they wrong? It's a good yeah, first like question. Just, I, I think they just came back the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, they did a loop. Yeah. Did they go for a walk to the pub and did they like yeah. come back and they were absolutely shit faced? In which case they shouldn't be driving. So Very um, true. Very or true. Or did someone think it was their car? No, because how would they start it then? Oh. I love was this because it's something that would happen to me and I would question my sanity but be so sure about it. So yeah. I'm always amazed myself like by how quickly I'll just something like that will happen and I'll be like wait and I'll be convinced yeah. and then I'll be like oh, I guess that's just ugh, <laughs> just the world and then I'll just carry on with my day I literally would not give it a second thought if nothing's stolen I'd be like oh well, it's obviously me then I just parked it on the wrong side of the road and then went and developed dyslexia and now I've come back and everything's back yeah. to down. I love the yeah. idea that it was just a different route and they came back the wrong way like oh my, oh my god the world is backwards <laughs> Because like, there, there was two of them, the first person would go like, hey, this is a bit weird. And I'm also somebody who would immediately go, yeah, I agree with what you've 
said. And then the minute you sort of, because he was very keen to say, we mm. both thought it, but mm. is one of you a more kind of mm. person that will go along with, yeah. with things? Maybe it was blocking someone's driveway and they just pushed it out of the way. Ooh, that's <gasps> good. That's where was very this? good. And parked Dwayne it. the Rock Johnson live there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. And then parked it very neatly on the other side of the road. The only elaborate explanation I could come up with is they specified my partner at the time why not a partner now? Did they have an overbearing mother who maybe followed them on dates, had keys, had keys to their car, borrowed the car, went around, came back, forgot where it had been parked and parked it up? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Usually. I, li- I like we're making a little thing of blaming mothers in the listener. Oh, yeah, like that's this. terrible. Oh, my God. I mean, yes, it's terrible. Mothers are great. It's terrible. <laughs> but I don't like the mother blaming thing, except there's so many bad ones. It's hard. Right. Joanne, how can we find you? What have you got going on? I'm sure we solved that one way or the other. Either they fucked up because they don't know well, which way yeah, to walk. I don't trust or myself mother. enough that I'm like, yeah, you just didn't realize where you parked because yeah. that would happen to me. Yeah. Joanne, what have you got yeah. going on? Where can we find you? Tell our listeners about yourself. So on Instagram, I'm Joanne McNally Comedy and I'm Joe McNally on Twitter. And I'm kind of just getting up and running again now. So I'm back in the clubs in London. Wow. And going to be in Top Secret and I'm going to be in Headliners and Chiswick and um, yeah I'm mostly I'm between Ireland and the UK so I have a show in Ireland in October and I'm just getting back up and running you know oh good so nice Ireland is your show in October it's in Waterford in the Central Arts and then tomorrow okay. I'm filming my first bit of telly stand-up for the Jonathan Ross show, which I think is going to be out in, like, oh, November. fantastic. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Stuff. Yeah. Sounds like it's a like... good return. It must feel so good to be back. Yeah. Wow. It feels great to be back, but I've, I, it's a weird time to start doing telly stand-up because there's no audience, which is slightly Oh, they've bizarre. got empty studios and stuff. Well, I did one for Comedy Central, which is out tonight whenever this goes oh, out it's like yeah. but it's there was like just a screen like this of people which is the gig I'm about to do now it's just a screen which is a very odd thing to do for telly uh, but anyway look mm. it is what it is at the yeah. moment sure yeah. yeah yeah good well look out for oh, Joanne everyone one. and Please, thank that you that was great crack thanks for having me thank you oh, so thank much you for cheers we've been doing Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. 